0: Welcome, everybody, to another one of my podcasts. And today's a little bit different, as you can see, we are in person with the brilliant Matt Woodford from um, Microsoft Dynamics. Uh, hello, Matt. Hi there. Wave How to the camera. Wave, wave, wave to our audience. Hello. And um, today we're going to talk about, uh, actually, give it a title. This because normally I have a thing in the background. I've realised the future of CRM. I believe is what we're going to um, uh, talk about. So, without further ado. Um, Matt, who, what, why, when, where, and let's get into this. And those of you that can't see, we have an awesome Venn diagram uh, on a screen behind here, which we're gonna, uh, I think, pick some things from. But I'll shut up, Matt, over to you. Great, well, Matt Woodford, I uh, work at Microsoft today, and the last four years,
1: I've been covering our Dynamics 365 customer engagement portfolio. Um, interesting, you use the, the term CRM. Actually, we, we see this as a, a set of really intelligent, collaborative apps that span sales, service, marketing, and everything else that you need to deliver a different client experience and to bring teams together for a great employee experience as well.
0: So, so not much then. <laughs> now, you may have seen the, uh, the poll I was running yesterday on, uh, on LinkedIn, which has generated some interesting, in, interesting debate. If we kind of take a step back, in its rawest form, what is a CRM system?
1: I think that's an interesting question and I'm not even sure it's a great debate to get into because CRM's become a bit of a four-letter word and mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't believe in it as a term, we don't believe okay. in it as, as a category. Microsoft's got quite a different perspective on what teams need to succeed. Yep. As I said earlier, kind of starting with the data, the insight, automation, collaboration, mm-hmm. You know something much smarter and very different to what I think the word "CRM" conjures up. and so I think the key thing is we've got to start with who's the person we've got in front of us, what are they trying to achieve, and what do they need to succeed in the role? And um, thinking about you know your point on LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> you know conjures up memories of tools, tools of oppression, systems that were put there, systems of record for management to have oversight and, and control of their teams. I think the way things have moved. You know especially over the last couple of years really accelerated in how can we enable people to succeed be productive and we're talking about people that are now of course probably working from home yep you know business travels probably been cut in half for good yeah even as we return to the new normal and these teams are now working in a distributed way and so how do I support you actually as your manager if yep. you want to take that mindset when <laughs> you're working from home and I'm yep. working from my home and you haven't got your team around you so the idea of how we bring these people together and help, help them to be successful by, by taking this world of, of data that's mm-hmm. now around us because of millennial digital buyers and buying circles yep. that are now touching everywhere in different channels at their own pace and at their own you know, leisure, yep. they expect us to have some of that context. But salespeople can't be expected to rationalize all of that, <laughs> interpret <it> and decide <laughs> what to do
0: next. We, ne- we need to lend them a hand. And I think you raised an interesting point there around the <coughs> CRM conjures up the the old kind of um, you know I'm, I'm north of forty now, south of forty five, so yeah. you can figure it out. Um, but if I reflect on my kind of journey and use the CRM o- over the years, yes, it was fundamentally a management tool, KPIs, ex-recruitment consultants, so sure. calls made, meetings made, CVs out, and mm. um, and that was kind of it to a certain extent. However as i started to and the irony is actually probably if I reflect on my days at michael page in terms of how we used our crm and then organizations i work with between michael page to where i am um, now were probably e- even worse but certainly towards the the end of my time this is 10 15 years ago now mm. we used it as a client relationship management tool certainly for the larger organizations where they had set you know the client has set certain rules of engagement with them, which were then set out very clearly on the account page of, of said organisation, do not do this, do this, this person's the account lead, any questions speak, right. speak to them. So that if an employee then went against that, you had a system of records, we'll go, well, hang on a second, um, why did you not go into the system and check and read? And if you did go into the system and read and see that, why did he then carry on to do what? Um, do what you do? you then move forward and reflecting on more from professional services it's my relationships are in my phone mm-hmm. they're in email they're in my outlook address uh, you know address book i don't want to share my relationships with, with anybody it's my contact it's not the contacts of the uh, uh, of the firm but as you as you rightly say the world we now find ourselves in even pre-pandemic you know the 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 just information overload of, of data and multiple kind of information points coming in, yet probably still being, almost CRM is being buried under a layer of another tech, another tech, another tech on top of it. And is it actually, and I've just thought of this, more of a collaboration relationship management system rather than a client relationship management system?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good... I think that's a really good question, and I think it's worth peeling back some of the layers mm-hmm. of the onion, really. And you know, most people probably won't realize how much has changed in the last uh, few years at Microsoft. Just to put this in context, mm-hmm. I mean, I joined in 2014. This was a $230 billion company. It's now a $2.3 trillion company. Yep. And through that period, you know, Microsoft's business applications division, within the context of the Microsoft cloud. It's a multi-billion dollar unit in its own right and it's growing at a 50% clip. That's accelerated yeah. up to 50% and it's, and it's going further still. And the reason that you know something like that can happen is when several things come together at once. So, it's, it's a different expectation from the clients. It's a different mindset around how we're engineering the Microsoft Cloud. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also a load of investments that we put into actually people, yep. you know, the right people to help with customer success, with sales and everything else. Mm-hmm. And the story that people are buying into is precisely that you know, it really, it's gonna start with the data first. You know, where are people interacting day to day? Where does the data come in? It, it could come from anywhere. Yep. But in the context of Microsoft, you know, we have a global hyperscale cloud platform where yep. you could run your operations, your products which are digital may be operating there. Your people are there day to day, you know, across Microsoft 365, across teams. Mm -hmm. And so in the context of all of that, yes, customer engagement, sales teams, but also legal finance teams, whoever needs to be involved. You know, you might have a buying circle of 10, you might have a a client team of 10 or beyond. And so how do we bring that data, turn it into insight, and then put it to work in in the flow of work of those people. Mm -hmm. And yes, it might be a manager, but it might be a a client lead, client partner, it might be a salesperson. could be customer service. Mm -hmm. And so in that context, I don't think the idea of a a CRM or an ERP or this or that, even the new fancy, exciting categories that are getting the big valuations at the moment, um, I don't think that's the issue. I think it's more, how can we harness all of that data? How can we then turn it into insight and then how can we automate, mm-hmm. anticipate, and where necessary, of course, then put put that in front of people so they can take the action. And I think um, what's really unique with Microsoft is just that. You know, we've got the cloud to land the data. Yeah. We've got the AI to turn it into the insight. Mm-hmm. We've got the automation layer to then yeah. be able to to push that out across any channel. Mm-hmm. And then the apps, I mean the apps is kind of the icing on the cake. Yeah. So you've got the you know those structured Process apps like you described maybe for sales. Yep. then you've got the human stuff where we come together create collaborate Communicate like teams Mm -hmm. or LinkedIn as another example and so how does all of that come together and how do we leverage that data and that insight? And I think that's the story that people now see as as being really important It's you know, how can we make the most of this as an organization in a world of distributed work? That's the I mean, that, data.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, talking, p- t- picking up, continual analogy, and peeling back the onion. I mean, there, there's a lot there. And if we, if I reflect on the last five years of what what I've been doing, and you speak to sales leaders, mm. they, it, it's tricky because you're, we're talking kind of an ideal, perfect world in terms of bringing sure. all, all this collaboration together. But still, you've got the silo mentality potentially within organisations. You've got each business unit is driven by different incentives or kind of end True. goals which then creates that in, that internal yeah. friction should i say to potentially uh, release the, the possibility that we now have in terms of everything that you talk everything you talked about is imminently mm-hmm. capable today if you're building it from the bottom up you know no legacy systems no people issue no no what have you um it'll be all good to go so from a from a sales and marketing perspective in terms of the, who are the majority of the audience on this podcast and this hmm. blog? What are you starting to sort of hear and see in, in the market with the, the the people that you're talking to in terms of, are we starting to see a dawn of realisation that this is the direction of travel that we're going now or is it still, but we've always done it this way and this feels too difficult, therefore, we're not going to do it? I think the change
1: has happened. Mm-hmm. It's happened a lot faster than any of us were ready for. Yeah, but I think we've we've come up with with some of the answers along the way very quickly. You know, much faster than we expected. Yep. And um, you know, if we pivot to sales for a moment, I think this same fundamental story holds true, which is yep. actually it's it's the customer's data, it's the client's data, it's the mm-hmm. client that's engaging somewhere on some channel, and we're trying yep. to then engage with them in context, and it might be that I'm engaging with them from home over teams, mm-hmm. you know, but I still need to understand what the various touch points have been across my organization or the external yeah. network and, and turn that into something useful and constructive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think at the heart of all of this, and I follow your, your podcast, you know, and I, I follow the kind of community you're a part of around sales and revenue operations. Yeah. Underneath it all, it does come to the, to the data, mm-hmm. and I think the key is if you've got a single common data model, as we call it at Microsoft, that mm-hmm. underpins all of these systems that can really help you to understand the different signals in the data, yep. and it sounds, sounds basic, but actually if you can't <laughs> make head or tail of what these different touch points mean yep. and interpret them, how can you ever build a picture of relationship analytics between your organization and the client. Yeah. You know, so I think um, Microsoft comes at this with, with a bit of a head start in mm-hmm. the sense that that common data model, which actually underpins the, the Microsoft Graph, that's, that's Teams, that's Outlook and Exchange, yeah. that's LinkedIn, mm-hmm. that's Dynamics, that's yeah. whichever app you've chosen to build on top of that same mm-hmm. shared platform. To leverage that model and so it sounds like it's the answer to everything which actually in a way it, it can be but you can you can start you know one step at a time so take sales as an example yep. you know do I need a solution right now to help me generate demand and manage leads mm-hmm. what does that mean today yeah well, it might mean I want to run some virtual events mm-hmm. and it'd be pretty cool if I could do that as a sales person, person yeah. on on teams mm-hmm. I use teams day-to-day can I build a landing page? Can I invite my clients? Can I host it in Teams? Mm-hmm. Can I use the day-to-day experience that I'm familiar with? And can I capture the insights from that and the actions and can I take that back and do something with it day to day in my flow of work, whether that's Teams or if I like to go to Dynamics and, yeah. and work on my, on my opportunities there? And you know, all of that signal, you know, someone's gotta deal with that. And at Microsoft, I mean we run twenty thousand events a year. And we plan, we plan them all through Dynamics Marketing as yep. it happens, regardless of if that's a, an in-person event, yep. a third-party event like the Consumer Electronics Show, yep. which you know, we help deliver with them. Whatever that may be, we then take all of that signal and we put it to our, what we call, um, demand response team. Yep. And they sit there in front of a, a machine learning scored you know, list prioritized things to follow up on people who you know need some help yeah. and that list is prioritized based on a bunch of things but guides them through sequentially what to do in a mm-hmm. really productive way and um, it, it's been a while now that microsoft's been setting all of the benchmarks in natural language understanding you know mm-hmm. machine reading comprehension computer vision yeah like microsoft is tier 1 ai yeah and no one doubts that Microsoft nails it when it comes to productivity, how mm-hmm. people work and what we do. And so you bring that all together in the context of a sales challenge. Yep. I need some leads and then I wanna follow up on those leads in a smart way. You know, that's just one example of where you know, between teams, between let's say LinkedIn and whatever else needs to come together in that mm-hmm. scenario plus the AI, you've got something really simple to put in place that already has you leveraging this common data set. You don't have to adopt something new. Yeah. You're on LinkedIn. You might be on Teams. You're yeah. probably using Outlook or Exchange or whatever else it is. Yeah. So it's just about unlocking that data. And there was um, you know, a really interesting Forrester piece about the conversion of sales technology mm-hmm. and the confusion that's come about with yeah. all of these new categories. <laughs> yeah. And when you actually unpack that and look at what's at the center of all of it despite all of these overlaps at the center it's what are the activities yeah you know what are the conversations what are those interactions mm-hmm. if they're all on the microsoft cloud the microsoft graph on a common data model why would you then invest all of the time to try and extract them Could and stick them somewhere else because the minute you've done that your sales engagement platform yeah. which is a great idea in principle is operating on a different data model. And yeah. how does your customer success team mm-hmm. now align with them and understand what's going on there? How does the you know perhaps legal team or whoever else needs to help out with a with a deal later in the cycle engage and provide the support in context? You know, all of those different things unless there's a a shared view and understanding in the middle, mm-hmm. it's impossible to do. And you know what's special about Microsoft is instead of running around and buying up every company in every category and then trying to figure out how do we integrate these things well actually we'll buy an integration company yeah. or you know, collaboration, remote working, that's the new thing, let's partner with some big player. So, you know, we, we built everything from the ground up yeah. it shares that common data model and then from there I think the world's your oyster really and you, you've just got to pick one problem one team at a time and see what makes sense and I think you know dynamics 365 sales has been recognized as a leader for 11 years in a row mm-hmm. by gartner i think that that speaks you know volumes about the value that's there but it's always based on that underlying principle and 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 platform which is what the sales application
0: sits within yeah and i think what's what's interesting in terms of picking up your 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 point there about the example that that you gave is it's um, the smart, word smart hmm. in terms of making smart decisions and the right decisions whereas previously let's, let's take the, um, the event example and I know anybody watching and listening we all know this to be true an event is run hmm. probably by marketing right? even pre, you know, pre-COVID you get a bunch of people turning up or not turning up but they will have registered so you have an, an email address of, uh, of sorts they probably just get chucked into a system of records, could be your CRM system, could be a Microsoft CRM system, could be a marketing platform, what have you. Then what? The, 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 there's always very limited follow-up to anybody that turns up to right. events. Are they people we know? Are they people that we don't know? Are right. they people that even should be coming to our events because it's not even our, um, our target audience? And then it's like, what was the ROI on that event in, yes. in terms of that we spent? Whereas... What we know to be true now with some clever smarts and some clever people, you know, creating the smarts, Mm -hmm. you can now have a much more effective marketing campaigns, event campaigns, in person, you know, ex person, whatever, bring them all into one place, and then start to kind of, in my view, and this is, um, you mentioned the, the Forrester piece, there's Seth at Forrester talking about kind of dynamic guided selling, which is breaking this barrier down between I'm picking on sales and marketing between sales and marketing so that actually you create that single lead flow from I don't know who you are to now we're sending you an invoice as a happy customer and you're going to renew this three years later and you know, ups, um, you can upsell and cross-sell. And I'm um, seeing on, I mean, Microsoft doing a good job of putting promoted content in front of me at the moment, uh, but you can now, inter- and I'm no web expert or web- website expert, but you can now integrate Sitecore directly into Dynamics 365, which is like a website CMS sure. system. So now that gives you access to kind of web data. Then if you look at the direction of travel that um, sales is going, in terms of sales Nav insights, and certainly if, you, if you've got a corporate license of sales navigation, and you haven't seen this go and have a look at it. Type in the 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 company account, and now what LinkedIn or Sales Navigator is surfacing is engagement on company page, engagement on website, engagement right. on email, engagement sure. on ads, <laughs> yeah. which is interesting. Um, yeah. But this all sounds um, well and good. From from my experience, and I'll be interested to get your view on some you know the, some of the, the the clients that don't mention any names, but people the clients that you work with, is that the and this is what's coming out from the poll at the moment that I'm, I'm running on um, on LinkedIn is adoption mm. is is the actual human interface between right. the amazing platforms that you know environment that you are able to create within the Microsoft ecosystem. But fundamentally, at some point, it still requires a human being, seller, marketer, legal, financial, manager, CEO, to go into a system of record, go into a dashboard that's maybe spun up through Power BI or one of your biz apps or what have you, to then do something. Mm. (laughs) And if people are not coached or equipped to kind of understand what this data is telling them and then what they should do Next, and even if it's being guided and suggested by AI, and you know Mary Shea at Outreach is talking, you know, about in terms of predictive, you know, predicted, um, predictable revenue streams. Now, I know we've touched on this in terms of yes. your, um, your your forecasting tool. So, what 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 are you seeing in with your own organisation with your clients in terms of how is the, the, the human side, yeah. kind of reacting to the art of the possible now, which sounds yeah. pretty awesome to me.
1: Yeah, I think that Microsoft's probably a really good example to to keep going with a bit here. Okay. Because we mentioned the the events bit. Yeah, we were running maybe six thousand events mm. online and the rest of the twenty thousand were in yep. you know, in person. Mm. Now we're doing everything overnight online. And yep. of course the sales organization didn't just say, Can marketing run some more? They couldn't meet their clients, so they wanted to run ten yep. times the events that they previously would. would have done. Yep. And I think, you know, this this particular role I've been doing for the last four years uh, within our business group, you know, I'm looking at how our, our solutions succeed across partner marketing, sales, you know, ops, every side of the business. And I think what it's given me a, a sense of is actually, you know, the, the the customer experience, the client experience at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. We can we can go on about sales, you know, day in, day out, but the issue is that we must not lose sight of Of the customer of the client yeah Um, and so you know just kind of pointing back again we could get into the detail around have we got an incredible you know ML based forecasting solution Mm -hmm. absolutely yes we can talk about that a bit more (laughs) have we got a sequencer does it work with LinkedIn sales navigator Mm -hmm. yes great can we do guided selling can we do next best actions Mm -hmm. absolutely have we got a customer data platform you know that can take all of this data and execute it. All of those things stand true, but the thing that can't be denied is if you're trying to take data out of somewhere, put it into its own silo, just for the benefit of one team and one process. Yeah. That's, I think, where the whole thing comes unraveled. But back to your point around, you know, let's say some examples internally. So we generate these leads, mm-hmm. we, we manage them You know, within our demand response team, that's great. Our corporate team, which is, if you like, our higher volume -hmm. Segment, if you like, people will tend to have more accounts, they will work digitally. I mean, they've been doing call recording, you know, for a long time now hundreds of thousands of hours of of call recording. They've got all this data also coming through about client interactions. Mm -hmm. And so, this raging debate about the management tool, Mm -hmm. you know, of oppression Mm -hmm. versus the how do we help our people to do better, we've been you know, walking that walk and learning mm-hmm. as customer zero of our own solutions internally. Right. Okay. And I think the way the way we kinda of see this now is salespeople, if we take this corporate yeah. example, are incredible at dealing with clients. They're incredible at managing the buying process yeah. together with the client they're really good probably at, at forecasting that something's going to close and probably near enough to within you know, a month yep. or so, but that might be next quarter, mm-hmm. in fact. And we're introducing some funny behaviors in terms of you know, what we want to project up the chain yep. if we make that all person-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're taking time away from being with clients. So actually, in, in that particular team, you know, there is machine-learn-based forecasting. Mm-hmm. You know twelve out of fourteen quarters it's been close than any person could you know put their finger on yeah um and so that's just become you know over time accepted that it's a it's a better better way way of going about things the the call recording the conversation intelligence you know initially you think, well, why is this here what's this going to be you know how will it be used against me there's no one in the management team that ever uses this as some kind of a tool to you know, come yeah. in and drive uh, some heavy feedback. Yeah. But it's used to gather trends and insights. You think about what's happened over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. The topics that surface with customers, yeah. have changed pretty quickly. What's the trend for customers to need financial help beyond discounting? Yeah. you know, <laughs> exceptional terms. Yeah, what's really changed in their business? So the ability to to take these signals and you know abstract them and get patterns and trends mm-hmm. and be able to set better, maybe, marketing and sales strategies up on the back of those insights. Those are the kind of things that people see, you know, that really changes the game for us. And then from a sales perspective, so now you mean I don't have to take any notes on the call when I'm sat here with you, Alex. I just, you know, maybe I dial from my sequence and it goes out on Teams, or maybe I'm in Teams and Mm -hmm. you're calling me. You know, the AI's running, the transcript's captured, you know, the actions are taken. And all of those things are prompted for me in a call summary and back again in my next best actions. It's it's all there. So I don't have to enter anything. Everything that is going on in terms of AI is either giving me time back from my forecasting and taking a difficult conversation away. Yep. It's, you know, and it's helping us plan better as a business awesome, yeah, as in terms so, of yeah. resources and investments, because we're accurate on that. And it's taking admin overhead away from mm-hmm. me because I don't have to log stuff. I don't have to, you know, lose eye contact with you so that I can scribble a note down or hammer away on a keyboard. So for us, you know, this has really become a complete reality to the point where we do host people and and walk them through how we run our Mm -hmm. sales and marketing operations, how this whole organization operates. And it's, you know, it's that same kind of world where no one prepares a presentation for a business review you know, we run our (laughs) revenue operations live, you know, through the tools that are there in real time, you know, and that takes away that wasted time and awkward
0: moment about why is your number different to mine as well. exactly, or out of date, because you did it last week and then something's changed and you haven't had time to to do it.
1: But whether I'm looking at it in a, you know, in a live version of of a PowerPoint format because that's how I want to see it in the meeting, or I'm looking at it in Power BI, or I'm looking in my forecasting view, which of course people can still look over, override, and comment on. You know, it's all still the same data model. There's yeah. no rekeying. There's no, you know, integration to some other thing.
0: It just works together by yeah, design because it just works together. And I think if you're not using the transcripts on Teams, by the way, which I started using, it's genius to your point in terms of just not having to you know, scribble notes because my handwriting is right. terrible. And if I go back and try, so I, what was that word that I that I, that I wrote there? But and, and I. Right. This and the whole voice thing, and you you, you touched on this in terms of the, the the complexity of the market out there in terms of mm. the sales technology, or the sales and marketing technology, yes. you know, MarTech, we all know the MarTech community is just, you know, the amount of solutions that are out there, but we're now seeing this kind of, it's almost this war for who wants to be the the dashboard sure. of, of, of choice, and, you know, what... I think it's so great about what you're doing, and I'm now experiencing this firsthand where I am in my in my, my new position, is that fundamentally I can access the information wherever I, in whatever application I want Absolutely. to be in. And we were touching on the fact that, um, um, you know, I'm now on, on Edge, um, certainly at work because I go into the Edge browser, it's tied into the the corporate system so the minute I fire up the browser yes you have the days and use in this bit but the top bit is all my activity that I've been doing and reminders and nudges and this and this and that and last recent documents and it's just making life considerably um, considerably, uh, easier so I mean wow in terms of I think about the CRM system that I used back in my recruitment days which was just a you know a a record of, just a system record. Really, Lotus Notes for me. Just absolutely. to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lotus I notes those days Um To kind of where where we are now. It's 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 not even really a single thing anymore. If no. I think about it, is it, it really? It's
1: not. And I think sometimes we also miss the point when we hammer on about sales, sales, sales. In the end, everyone is selling, and companies need to. Grow their okay. revenue with their clients. But actually, let's take a bank. Yep. You know, it's pretty hard for you to single someone out and say by title that's a sales person in mm-hmm. a sales team. You know, yep. they might be a mortgage advisor mm-hmm. or they might be a relationship yep. manager, whatever it is. They're dealing with clients. Yep. And the experience they need day-to-day, actually, it might be more in-Teams mm-hmm. versus some other system, or yep. it might be a slightly different experience that they want to tailor just to what they need in there particular mm-hmm. department industry and so if you really zoom out at this level we just announced this week that microsoft's cloud for financial services mm-hmm. is generally available from the first of november here in the uk in mm-hmm. the us and canada and there this whole story about how can we bring this data together mm-hmm. on a trusted secure cloud with yeah. this one data model you know then to be able to leverage it in the context of any channel Mm-hmm. for client onboarding, yep. for client servicing, you know, across that whole life cycle and the mid and back office to be able to tap into that and work as a team seamlessly. Mm-hmm. You know that's the kind of proposition that no one else can bring forward. Yep. And it's not always about, is it a sales development professional working in a sales centre? Mm-hmm. Actually, client engagement's happening everywhere. Yep, and so yes, we've got an answer for that. But at the same time, you know, 97% of the Fortune 500 have adopted our platform. Mm -hmm. And that side of our business applications group is growing at triple digits. Right, You know, that just talks to the need to be able to, sometimes there isn't an app for that, yeah, and you just need to create something that Mm -hmm. fits the need, but it still needs to be underpinned Underpinned by by, that shared data. And so all of these conversations about sales this, marketing that, you know, the customer service folks don't Mm. get it, and everything else, it is hard when we consistently erect the barriers between the teams. Yeah. Of course, everyone wants their own choice and control. And it's a lot easier for me to set my own thing up mm-hmm. versus work with you. But we are putting hurdles in front of each other and we're definitely making it impossible for the customer yeah. to, or client <laughs> to get what they expect. And I think you know the answer isn't all Microsoft, 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 that's not the, the message here. It's more, you know, we're starting with the data, we're running AI over the top of the data. Mm-hmm. We're then trying to drive that into whatever Canvas makes sense. And sometimes it's virtual, it's automated. You know, sometimes it's human-led. Yeah. And whatever that is, and even if it's a third party, you know, there is an opportunity for it to sit on that same data model, yep. to sit on that same cloud. And if you're a bank, you know, and you're operating multinationally or globally. It's pretty hard when you look at some of these other players and solutions that they've decided, oh, collaboration, we're going to have to partner there or we'll buy one. BI, we're going to have to partner there Mm -hmm. or we'll buy one. How do we integrate this stuff? What about marketing? And you look at this and you think, what am I signing up for here and where is my data actually going? And for each of those things, it might be a bit of California, a Mm -hmm. bit of Amsterdam, somewhere else you know around (laughs) the world and and people can't operate like that so there's there's a fundamental truth about the data model Mm -hmm. there's a fundamental truth about where and how people work yeah which let's say in my case it happens to be teams or linkedin or wherever it is Um, and then there's this issue about security trust and compliance and i think you know in the startup world and the sales tech world people are very entrepreneurial by nature Mm -hmm risk tolerance is pretty, pretty high, <laughs> but you know, let's not forget that our customers, our clients yep. are very concerned about their data rights, where their data is going, what's mm-hmm. being done with it. And so I think one of the things that really stands out when we work with folks is, yes, they want to be data first, they want to move to a proactive model with automation mm-hmm. and intelligence, but they have to keep that trust with their clients so
0: they know the brand impact is going to be huge, irreversible. And you know, in terms of you, it's and this is fundamentally what it all boils down to for for me is that, and you you, know, you, you said this very eloquently, is actually about your your client. Mm. Now, your client could be also the, the 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 internal client experience in terms of the employee experience that that you drive. But fundamentally, the the world that we now find ourselves in is a, is a digital virtual world for the most part. Well, it's very nice to be back in um, uh, in person in this environment. I hasten hasten to add, but clients are now going to have a certain expectation as to what good is in terms of mm. an engagement with an organization i don't care whether it's b2c or b you know b2b right. there will be an expectation that and this is this will be built on an experience they've had elsewhere mm. with someone in the same industry as as as, as you and organizations that start to to get this and understand this and and drive this and I think you are right that fundamentally everybody is selling in some shape or form and you know everything from the marketing team touch the clients your the prospects or clients in some shape or form to credit control to your le- your legal team right. when they have to have that you know the conversation with right. you know with, with your clients so everybody has to be part of this and you know we historically have put up barriers to this and created those silos but it, you know if you take the hubs i think it was hubspots or I think it was HubSpot research that said, from a buyer perspective, that like one in three millennials millennials um, don't really w- don't want to engage with the salesperson. Full stop. Right. Now, that's not saying they don't want to engage with a human being. Right. They just don't want to be sold to. And as as hmm. as dare I say, the older generation of buyer starts to not be in a position to buy anymore sure. because they, they retire. And you know the net Gen Z and Gen Alpha is the you know, Gen Alpha. I think it's fifteen to eighteen or whatever it is that are coming through. This is how they live. Mm. This is how they. This is how they work. I mean, the lack of human interaction is a slightly different conversation to um, to be had. So again, organisations that are, you know are starting to think about and do this now, rather than we'll, we'll park this. You know, we'll park this conversation. You know, for another five years because we've got to put in something else or we've got to do this and that. You know, they're going to start to fall by the wayside. Versus the organisations that recognise this is a fundamental. Human, cultural, business shift in terms of how we need to do business, which is you know underpinned as you say by by data. Mm. And there is, you know, I've said this in the past, that well, B two B doesn't have as much data as um, you know the Amazons of the of, of the world or Microsoft from a consumer consumer perspective. But I'd argue they probably do. They just don't know where it is or what to do with it or how to even service mm. it.
1: Yeah, I think and you know the pandemic was interesting plenty of people saw that something like that would be coming yeah. <laughs> of course they couldn't decide exactly when and what to yeah. do about it there were also people who saw you know this change to digital mm-hmm. engagement coming and they started doing something about it beforehand and i, I will actually i'll give you a client example yeah. with ABN Amro they're mm-hmm. one of the the top banks in the Netherlands mm-hmm. and they um they decided that they wanted to be the best for digital, mm-hmm. you know, end-to-end experiences for their clients and a lot of them are international. Yep. And um, they decided long before all of the last two years happened that they wanted to try, let's start with mortgages as an example, that their advisors could meet with their clients mm-hmm. directly online. Yep. And, and why not? Why shouldn't I be able to log into my banking app or my banking portal yep. and meet an advisor and get some advice? And that's never going anywhere. You know, we might do some prelim research, but when I get to a complicated, yeah, high-stakes kind of decision, I, I just want an expert. I've yeah. read it, I get it, but I want someone that's done it before to yeah. tell me it's going to be yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Now, you know, they are essentially doing that via Teams. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, it's it's the platform layer that Teams is built on as it happens, but, you know, they can do that through Teams. The person who's on the end of the call, you know, a mortgage advisor, is that a sales development rep. No, they need something suitable for for their role. And we've got them covered on that. And so then when, you know, when things really hit and we moved to a remote world, they were able to scale that up, you know, first across kind of advisory Mm -hmm. services and investment products, and then business and retail business lines to 3000 people like in a really short period of time. And it was a huge edge for them. And so I think, um, you know, we can get at times a little bit hung up on, and I'd love to get into the detail. Do we do relationship analytics? I mean, that's an area of deep passion for me mm-hmm. that I think we've got something truly unique. Right. Um, same thing for revenue operations mm-hmm. and how we manage, you know, our, our, our organization, our business. Yeah. These are all interesting examples demand generation, managing leads. You know, can we do 20 to 40% increase in, in lead conversions? Yes, we can, but I think. You know the reason people buy the Microsoft option is more Mm -hmm. because they see a bigger picture, not just they want to fix one problem in one team in one country. Yeah, you know, right now, and I I think the the thing that's interesting is what a great job these companies do of focusing on the one problem Mm -hmm. and how well they tackle it and the thought leadership they can provide about, you know, actually if I am engaged in outreach day to day, how many touches do I need to do over the next 10 days, 20 mm-hmm. days, 30 days, what mix of channels? Yeah. And so I think the thing I'd really love to, to see us do more of is you know, within our community, how can we help share that type of yeah. best practice and, and knowledge because the tools can do it all. It's actually more, I think the, the knowledge and the insight and then the ability to apply that in your business that matters because all of those systems that came before, you know, probably did a great job for, for what they were built for, but only when they were built together with the people using them, yep. you know, and aimed to serve them. And so I think that's the, that's the real issue. It, it's
0: always still going to be the people and the humans, <laughs> the robots aren't taking over just no. yet. Awesome. Um, I think that's a brilliant place to, to kind of end in terms of is that it all boils down to that knowledge and insight piece and if we can start to unlock that and start to kind of bring that, bring that to bear, you can start to, no matter what role you're in, actually, as we're talking about, open your mind a little bit to there is a better, more effective, smarter, you know, to what you're doing to smarter way of, um, uh, of doing things. So. That's been absolutely awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and knowledge. I mean, on I, yeah, thanks for having me. And I,
1: you know, I know we talk a, a broad vision and a big picture, but, you know, to leave you with a thought really, <laughs> you know, it, it's been a while now that Microsoft has been setting these benchmarks mm-hmm. in AI. It's widely known as a hyperscale cloud platform, you know, to land your data and to, to turn that into insight. but. I don't think people realize you know Microsoft has been recognized as a leader in automation, digital process automation, robotic mm-hmm. process automation, low code application platforms, mm-hmm. business intelligence, you know a customer data platform, customer analytics and sales, you know now eleven years in a row as yeah. a leader per Gartner, then service, field service, finance supply chain, you know, and that's before we even get to teams and LinkedIn and and other stuff like that so you know the the story really is true under the hood (laughs) per the the experts as well when you look at it but I think they all come at it through this very narrow prism Mm -hmm. of their category and I'd encourage folks to think maybe about that bigger picture you know and how we actually all then can come together as teams if if we start with the data and the, the flow of work. And, the and then products. go from there and we can layer on the sales the sales problem one at a time for sure. You heard it
0: here first. Matt, brilliant. As ever, thank you so much for, for um, tuning in to um, a live podcast on this. Not live per se, maybe I should do one of those, I don't know. Um, Matt, I'll put all links to um, everything we talked about um, in here, 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 there, somewhere. Um, you can find Matt on, on LinkedIn if you want to follow and learn more about what he's up to in this uh, this world. But as ever, to my audience, thank you for tuning in and listening. If there's anybody that you want to be on the podcast, you know what to do, um, let me know. If you want to be on the podcast, let me know. But otherwise, Matt, thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you.